You're listening to a sermon from Tyler Christian Fellowship in Tyler, Texas. Find us on the web at tcftyler.com or send us an email, tcftyler at gmail.com. Day for us, as Caleb mentioned during announcements, we have uh, our brother Carlton Obi here to share the word of the Lord with us. Um, this is uh, uh, what's what we're calling Racial Reconciliation Sunday that uh, many churches are participating in. And um, um, as we bring our tithes and offerings unto the Lord, um, we're going to share a song with you that really is just a, it's more than anything, it's a prayer from our hearts as a body unto the Lord. And uh, so it's a very simple song. Um, so when, as you catch on, just enter into worship with us. Enter into this prayer uh, along with us and make this song a prayer from us corporately today. That God would truly make every tribe and tongue and nation one in Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Lord, we just ask that you bless this offering and that you use it to affect our city, to touch families, to just to, to bless your kingdom. We just ask you that in your most holy name. Man, a little bit too much volume. You guys sing beautifully. That was uh, so awesome. If you're a guest with us this morning, we're glad that you have uh, joined us uh, to uh, worship the Lord with this expression of His body. And uh, this place may be unfamiliar to you, but your Heavenly Father knows you. And uh, you've come today in faith, and He, is, he wants to speak to your heart. So... Um, we, uh, we welcome you, and we're glad that you're here. Um, we're going to let the kids go to children's ministry, and then we'll uh, let Brother Carlton come and share the word with us. Um, as the kids are going, I wanted to say a couple of things about um, City Fest. If you're, uh, I know that there's um, some people here that are not just new to us, but new to Tyler. Um, we're in the midst of, uh, actually, we're on the home stretch uh, for uh, Luis Palau Crusade uh, that's going to be the first uh, Saturday, Friday and Saturday in uh, October. And uh, we are, we've been planning this for a year. We've been praying together, started actually about a year and a half ago, meeting together to pray different churches, different backgrounds, different denominations, um, cultures, just all meeting together uh, for prayer. Um, the last one of those before, actually, there's one more before City Fest. It's going to be the week before City Fest. Um, but the, uh, the next one is this Thursday. It's going to be at First Baptist in their annex um, at 630. It's always 630 to 7. I mean, 630 to 730. Um, so that's going to be this week. Really encourage you to, to come if you can uh, to uh, just to join with the rest of other, other expressions of the body of Christ here in Tyler. Um, but during the month of September, we're going to do prayer walks uh, every week as well. Um, there's several different things that we've been emphasizing. Um, you know, the old school uh, crusades that they did, they would fill a stadium and they would preach the gospel and many people would respond. We actually had one of those here um, in uh, 94, 93, 94, something like that. Um, and uh, it was an awesome event. It was an awesome time. But the new way of doing uh, crusades is for the church to mobilize to go into the city first. And then as a result of that, bring people to an event. Um, and so uh, all during this year, we have been emphasizing um, fostering and adopting um, human trafficking, addressing the human trafficking issues that we have um, here in our community. Uh, racial reconciliation is one of those. Um, also, um, mentoring uh, is one. Am I missing one? Homelessness, foster and care. Homelessness, foster care. Um, so just about every month we've had uh, different teams that have been mobilizing the church to be involved in that. Um, Carlton uh, led the uh, group on racial reconciliation, and we had a racial reconciliation forum uh, here um, about, it's been about a month ago that we had uh, had it. And we had close to 200 people show up. Um, for that forum, it was just uh, 
incredibly successful and it's just a, a taste of the fact that there are a lot of people in our community who really want to address these issues before they become destructive or before they do more damage than they've already done um, and for the church to really be the church so there's 350 churches involved uh, in city fest uh, which is awesome uh, when you consider that there's uh, something like 500, 550 churches uh, in Tyler in the East Texas area here within driving distance. Um, so that's a really good participation, really good turnout. And they have asked that every pastor of those churches this Sunday address racial reconciliation and look at what the Bible says about racial reconciliation. So we're in, you know, in keeping with that. Um, I've asked Carlton to come today. Um, and he's going to tell you a little bit, I'm sure, about what is some of the changes that their family has been uh, through or, or is experiencing right now because he has taken a job in Dallas. And I wanted one more shot at the brother before, um, before, he, uh, before he left, and he has uh, agreed to come. So uh, let's give him a good welcome as he comes this morning. Love you, man. Love you too, Thank you. Morning. Good morning. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Yeah, I am excited to be here this morning, and um, <clears throat> especially at TCF, you guys worship the Lord. Amen. I mean, I, I've been in some churches where they're like, uh, "Shout for the Lord, all the earth, let him sing." And you guys are jamming. Praise the Lord. I, I love this church, and I love the worship. Thank the Lord for worship, and thank the Lord for you guys for recognizing this is a chance for us to show our love and affection and appreciation for all that God is and all that God has done. So thank you for that. I've been told um, by <clears throat> Uncle Joe that I have 20 minutes, so I'm making sure that I, I, I have 20 minutes, and I'm going to get down, so I've already said it. Um, yeah, so I, I've been in Tyler for the last five years. Uh, actually, today is, is my five-year anniversary, August 18th, five years ago. I came to Tyler, and um, <clears throat> originally from Dallas, and um, uh, got a chance to come down here and work at the Mentoring Alliance, which uh, oversees the Boys and Girls Clubs, Gospel Village Mentoring Program, and Rose Seed Summer Camps, and uh, just recently resigned the position as the Vice President of Ministries um, and just took a job as, uh, in Dallas, in, in my old neighborhood, uh, in a ministry called Mercy Street, where we will try to work in West Dallas, uh, which is, was considered in 2000, the 11th poorest community in the whole nation. And uh, it's the old neighborhood where I grew up. And so I, I feel like Nehemiah, getting a chance to kind of go back. So my family and I have been traveling back and forth from Tyler to Dallas four or five times a week. Uh, for probably about the last two years. Um, and it's been a strain a lot. And so the Lord finally provided an opportunity for us to go back. And so I'm, I'm elated. Uh, my parents are there. My wife's parents are there. And um, a lot of what we do is there. But uh, there's a deep love for East Texas, for the Pine Curtain, and for a lot of the East Texas hospitality. And so uh, I've grown to know Pastor Joe very well. I call him Uncle Joe. And uh, he's a good friend of mine. And really, the only reason why I came back today was him. Um, so 
I want to share with you guys something that's near and dear to my heart. I want to talk a little bit about unity, uh, unity in the body. And the reason why I think that's important is because uh, our community here in East Texas and really all over the world is not unified. In fact, we're very divided. And um, when you look around our city and around our country, you see all kind of evidence of that, senseless murders, uh, outbursts of anger, frustration, uh, both implicit and explicit. There are all kind of things that's going on in our country, and um, it's led on several fronts, from the left side to the right side, inside the church, outside the church, in corporate, in the community. It is not what God intends. And so my plea to you today is, a, is to turn to the scriptures and be obedient. That's my hope. I'm going to be talking primarily from Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to walk you through 1 through 11. Um, at the end, I'll read John 17, verses 20 through 25. But I'll be primarily in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I want to pray for us and we'll get started. Father, we need you today to do only that which you can do. So give glory to yourself. I pray that you will hide me behind your cross and that uh, you will take um, the things that I've studied, the, the things that uh, you've prepared in my heart to say, that it will be challenging, convicting, and convincing that living for you is the best way to live and the only way to die. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. So Philippians chapter 2 starts with uh, if therefore. Now, the if causes us to move forward in the text, but the therefore should cause us to move backwards. So seminary thing. Uh, it's calling us when you say therefore, there was a statement made before that we need to go back and check so we make sure we're in context with what the passage is trying to say. And so, if therefore points back to verse 27 of chapter 1, he says, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together, for the faith of the gospel. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of their, oh, I'm sorry, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, that too from God. I look at this statement and I think about when I was a young man. When I was a young man growing up, uh, everybody in my community wanted to be like Michael Jordan. In fact, uh, there was a Gatorade commercial that was out, and uh, some of you guys may be old enough to remember it. It was kind of like, Mike, if I could be like Mike, I want to be, I want to be like Mike. You know, my voice is out. But, but it was a, it was a, a, a national and uh, in some regards a worldwide craze to, to be like Michael Jordan, he was a very uh, 
stellar figure in the, in the United States and in the basketball world. And so all little boys want to grow up and be like Michael Jordan. As I was thinking about what I want to talk about today, I really want to encourage us to not be like Mike, but to be like Christ. As we try to deal with the racial prejudice, uh, the separation in our community and our country, I want to implore you to be like Christ. And so what he tells us is what I think the big idea of this whole passage here, he says, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come or see you, whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear that you are standing firm. Watch this. In one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So in Carlton terms is what I believe our big idea is. God is saying, hey, live your life in a manner that's worthy of me, so, 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 that would, so it starts with us living a life that's worthy of the gospel. And then as we do that, we will be bonded together. And as we bond together, the world will notice. So my big idea for today is that it's going to work. It's going to work. Please work. Okay, we'll just keep going. We practiced on this earlier technology. But God has called all believers. Oh, great. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Great. God has called all believers to live their lives in unity with one another. That, that's the big idea. God has called all believers to live their lives in one another. And so that's the thing I want you to leave here with today is that God has called all believers to live their lives in unity with one another. Black, white, green, yellow, purple, God has called all believers to do that. Now, how do we flush that out? I believe there's four things that are realities of being in relationship with Christ. Because it starts with us in our own personal relationship with Christ, remember? So if you look at verse 2 again, he says, If therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, and there is, if there is any consolation of love, and there is, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, and there is, if there's any affection and compassion, make my joy complete. So he talks about four realities of being in relationship with Christ. And first of all, he says, look, there's encouragement in Christ. When you think about all that Christ has done for us on the cross, it should be encouraging. That he died on the cross for our sins. His blood was spilled for us paying the price for us to not only be able to spend eternity in heaven, but we have all that we need right now to live a life that honors him. The Bible tells us that I have, uh, through Christ, I can do all things. So there's encouragement in Christ. There's also the consolation of his love. Consolation is the same thing as comfort. Being in a relationship with Christ, we often receive comfort from the Holy Spirit. Also, we have fellowship of the Spirit. Fellowship of the Spirit. The fellowship of the Spirit, sometimes it's the idea of when God 
through the Holy Spirit, our paraclete or somebody who walks alongside us, tells us when we should do things and when we should not do things. When we should say stuff and we should not say stuff. When we should think stuff and when we should not be thinking things. It is a byproduct of being in relationship with Christ. And then finally, being in relationship with Christ, we should feel his affection and compassion for us. That, that love for us, that, that affection, compassion towards us, comes from the idea of God's love for us. Now, now watch this. God's love for us is different than probably what you can imagine. In the English word, love is all one thing, but in the Greek, there are several different words for love. There is storge, which is family love. It is the love a father has for his son, or a mother for his daughter, grandkids, grandparents, storge. There is phileo. Those of you guys who are Philadelphia fans, you know Philadelphia is known for being the city of brotherly love. Friendship that kind of love, a love for a friend. There's eros. That's the love between a husband and wife where they can fully express their love for one another. I'm glad the kids are going to class. And then there is agape. And agape love is God's love for us. It is his unmerited unending, unchanging, undeserved, undesired on our part, favor towards us. He loves us in spite of us and regardless of us because it is in him and who he is to be a lover of us. He cannot change because he is love and he lavishes his love on us. The Bible tells us, for while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Daily, we're able to receive his love, his affection, his compassion towards us. Four realities of being in relationship with Christ. Now, the realities of being in relationship with Christ are to produce some responsibilities in us as believers in Christ. You get me? Because we're in relationship with Christ, we don't just have realities. The realities produce responsibilities. That our orthodoxy, what we believe to be true, needs to become real in our life, our orthopraxy, that which we do. That which we believe should be seen in how we live our life. That which we understand and know should be practically lived out in who we are on a daily basis. You still with me? So then there's, this is fancy, I don't have one of these, so I'm learning. There are four responsibilities in being a representative of Christ. Here we go. Four responsibilities. He says, make my joy complete. He says, joy complete by doing these things. He says, by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, being unity, unified in the spirit. 
intent on one purpose, doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Real quick, just to uh, capitalize those. Um, maintaining love for one another. As we deal with people, it's hard sometimes to continue to love them because we're human. And sometimes people just get on our nerves. Sometimes people do things to offend us. Sometimes people do things that hurt our heart. But what God says in the midst of that is, you do all of that to me, therefore I am telling you and have expressed to you my love for you on a daily basis, my compassion for you on a daily basis. And so I'm expecting you to, to, to express that same thing I give you to others. Maintain the love. Unity in purpose and in spirit is another one. That we have the mindset that we want to be unified. See, because sometimes we can have the mindset that we don't want to be. I don't want to be with other people. I don't like them. I can't stand them. I don't want to be around them. So I'm going to be in my bubble, live on my side of the city, do what I need to do, be a good husband, good father, come home, go to work, come home, go to work, go to church. I'm good. I don't need anything else. But God is saying maintain the unity of the spirit and purpose that he desires for us to be one. Now these other two are real hard, and I'll tell you the key to these in just a second. He says, we got to not just think about ourselves, but we got to view others more important than ourselves. We got to learn that it's not just about us, but it's about others around us. Not only how we see them, but watch this, what we do for them. He says, consider the interests and matters of one another, just not our own. So you may be okay, but your neighbor may be not, not be. And God says that should not be. We need to think about somebody else. But also, do for somebody else. See that? You say, oh, Carlton. Oh, Carlton, what are you talking about? How do I do it? It takes humility. It takes humility. Watch the verse again. He says, do nothing, in verse 3, he says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. So we just got through singing, here I bow down. Here I bow down. You see what I'm saying? We know the song. But do we live the song in our own life? You see what I'm saying? The idea of humility is to bow down. It is to posture ourselves when we are lower than, that, than, than others than that which we think we are. It is to get low. It is to bow down. And that's some work. To be humble. To be low. We're talking about the pathway to uh, 
biblical community, racial reconciliation, and we've been studying this in a class me and Uncle Joe have been a part of. And there are four steps. The first step is to have no idea that there is a problem in our community, our country. There are some people there. That we don't feel like there is any kind of racial issues, there is any kind of prejudice, there is nothing. We just live out of sight, out of mind. It's, it's not that we are racist, racial prejudice. We just, we, live, we don't never see it. We live on our side of town, we go to work, we come home. We just never ever see that. But guess what? Let me ring your bell. There are problems all over this country and all over this community. Amen? Amen. For you guys who didn't go to a Baptist church, I mean, I agree. But the second thing is we must move from the fact that there is not a problem to awareness that not only is there not a problem, we have some deep-seated issues. There's a book that Young Life is reading. A book that Young Life is reading is called White Fragility. White Fragility. All people who work for Young Life have been required to read this book, White Fragility, letting them know how there are ways in which they may be racially prejudiced and they don't even know it. All people who work for Young Life have been required to read this book. I suggest you check it out as well if you're interested in knowing. Pastor of um, Central Baptist Church told me about a book he's reading that's changing his life and let him know all kind of ways he's been prejudiced. It's called Waking Up White. Waking Up White. I spent time with him before I left a couple of months ago. He said the book has changed his life, just to give y'all some references. But he's become aware that there are some deep issues in this community. And it's not just enough to know that there are issues, but he is intentionally trying to do something about it. He's reading, he's learning but then he's going beyond one step. By seeking people out who don't look like him and having breakfasts and lunch with them. Okay, I'll hear you up. So, he's been intentional about getting to know people that don't look like them, not like him. When was the last time that you had coffee or breakfast or lunch? more than just a work assignment or a church assignment, where you sit across the room from somebody or the table from somebody who doesn't look like you, doesn't come from you come from, is not a part of your normal crew or clique, just to get to know them. Now that's too long. I'm convinced that racial prejudice is something that is taught our children. It's something that is learned from our parents. And if that's the case, it is something that can be put to end in the same regard. So I dream of a day, and I've been painting this picture, where me and Uncle Joe can sit across the room from each other, sit across the table from each other, and we can have lunch or coffee, and I can call him anytime. He always takes me to Stanley's. Love it. I know I'm getting some standards when I call him. I've been over to his son's house, and we watched the Cowboys game. We, we lost that game, too, man. 
Y'all come over to my house next time. <laughs> Me, him, and my wife and my kids have been to lunch. Over that time, we've gotten to know each other over the years, more and more. I've called him crying or frustrated, and he's listened to me in counsel. And I don't just see a white guy, older guy. I see my brother in Christ, a man who's full of wisdom, and I seek him out. And I hold myself accountable to him. Marital issues, whatever. He holds me accountable. See, we need relationships like that across racial boundaries. We need that. The Bible tells us the older men should teach the younger men how to be women, and the same thing for the women. We need that. Black women need it. White women need it. Black men need it. White men need it. Hispanic. We all need it. We need to just live out the gospel. And so as you're doing that, intentionally sitting across the room from each other, learning about each other, listening from one another, loving each other well, over time, you produce a biblical community. Over time, you produce biblical community as you have people all over the city doing that. And by the way, that's our dream. That we have people from different denominations, different faiths, different backgrounds, being humble enough to take somebody and walk with them. So where'd you get that example from, Carlton? When have you ever seen that be true? I would say in the life of Christ. Let me just read this to you. Having this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, watch it, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness, likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under earth. And then every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. When have you ever seen humility? You just need to look at Christ. We're Christ's followers. We need to be humble enough to follow his leadership. So in the end, I want you to know, as I close, come on, computer, that God has called all believers to live their lives in unity with one another. In doing so, the world will see us unified, and Christ will definitely be glorified. By the way, that was Jesus' prayer before he left. Watch this, John 17. And Pastor, you can come on up. John 17. Verse 20, I do not ask in behalf of these alone, but for those who also believe in me through the word, that they may all be one as thou, the Father, are one, and me are one, and I are one. That was his prayer, that we will all be one. 
we can make it possible if we just be humble enough to follow his example. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thanks, Carlton. So I just Seven, wanted to... 17 minutes. That's good. You Seven. did good, man. Yeah. Better than me. So, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, um, I wanted to just <coughs> ask, ask a couple of follow-up questions uh, to Carlton. Now, I don't, did he mention uh, Walls to Bridges? Um, he um, started an initiative here in Tyler that I became a part of. And I think we might have known each other before that, but I think that's kind of where we became friends and, and, and my uh, friendships with a bunch of different pastors across different denominations and different uh, cultures and, uh, and races and all of that. Um, and uh, so it, just tell us, uh, give us that uh, tagline that you say all the time oh, yeah. about Walls to Bridges. What, is, what was your vision for Walls to Bridges? Yeah, uh, the, the heart is that uh, the church would be on the front line of issues in our community, being who God wants us to be. And in doing so, we will be a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational movement of God's people that will walk together, work together, witness together, and work together for God's glory, for the good of this city, and so far beyond. That's yeah, the dream. It's awesome. So, and in, uh, in line with the um, uh, multi-generational thing, that's the reason why he invited me to be a part of it. Because <laughs> he needed some older people. <laughs> So, um, no, actually, I was really thinking about the idea of our children. Yeah. That, I, that we were in this, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the ugliness of racism with this generation. That our kids would grow up being okay to be in fellowship and to go to school with one another. And it'd be okay to, to uh, date one another, even marry one another. You know, as people just be who Christ wants them to be, you know, you have a a guy who loves Jesus, have a good job, going to take care of your daughter, it doesn't matter what color he is. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. That will be my hope. We can truly be family. Yeah. Amen. Um, so, uh, Walter Bridges is how, how old? Like three oh, yeah. years old, right? It's about three years old. Three years old. And uh, can you describe to us some things that you think were success as a result of the work of Walter Bridges? Sure. So we want to create a safe place for people to come and have an opportunity to discuss uh, racial issues in our community. We've discussed everything from when uh, President Trump first got elected and uh, asked why did African-American people who love Jesus voted against Trump and why did white, white evangelicals vote for Trump. So it was a safe environment for pastors to be able to discuss that kind of thing. Uh, we've discussed unity, we've discussed uh, racial bias, we've discussed white privilege, we've discussed all kinds of stuff in there in a biblical context among men and women, young and old, black and white, green, yellow, purple, uh, from a biblical context. And I think the key has been that we love Jesus, we are led by the Spirit, we're under Christ's control, and I think that's been the deal is that we've always brought it back to the gospel, we've always brought it back to if the people in that room can't discuss these issues, nobody else in the whole community cannot. Because all these people lead churches. They, they are leaders in the community. And it's like, man, if, if the, and that was the idea, that the church leaders would be on the front lines discussing these issues, take them back to their church congregations, 
leadership would discuss those, and it gets to the congregation. Congregation would take it to the community, uh, both that they know and the community they didn't know. And we would have a ripple effect of racial reconciliation in our community. That's the dream. So, and I've, I have felt that um, the biggest benefit to me is building friendships. Oh, yeah. And I know that that doesn't really, you know, rings some people's bell, but um, when you're friends with somebody, you see the issues that they face in a different light. Sure. Um, regardless of what that, what that is. When you're friends with somebody, automatically, even before they even say anything, sure. you begin to put yourself in their shoes and, uh, t and to, um, to sort of identify maybe um, different things that are going on. When, when uh, I first came to Walls of Bridges, the very first meeting that I came to was the Thursday after Trump was elected oh, yeah. on Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, it was very eye-opening. It really was. And um, just for the reasons that you're talking about, um, that uh, the, here's, here's a group of men um, that love the Lord, mm -hmm. and, and men and women that love the Lord, they're serving the Lord, their hearts are in the right pr place. Um, I don't feel like that there was anybody in the room that came thinking that they were like biased sure, racially. Sure, sure. Um, but as we began to talk to each other, we began to see that there were some, some diametrically opposed um, ideas and opinions and views of of the um, of the issues and and what was actually going on there, sure. um, people that were you know um, afraid, um, people that were uh, very you know encouraged, and then on the other hand, some people that were very discouraged for the exact same reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and it was in in that context when we began to talk about these things, and then the follow up by having lunch with people and, and building relationships with people, um, that it just kind of opens your eyes to different things. And I wonder whether you think um, that there's a barrier there to people don't want to have their eyes open, uh, and why don't we do more of that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. The Holy Spirit was uh, bringing something up in my heart. I think part of the deal is we start talking about different issues, people quickly start to say this is political, and you, you, I don't want to talk about politics. When racism, prejudice is a sin, and now it's a biblical issue. So we have to look at it from that lens. That it, and, and then the other thing is, um, God tells us to bear one another's burdens. And so if we are brothers in Christ, and I have a burden, and you're my brother, you ought to bear it with me. Right. Even though it doesn't necessarily affect you, my plight in our relationship yeah. should impact you. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's good. <clears throat> if we're brothers. Yeah. If we're both children of the same father. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, we as a community, as a faith community, what, what would you say that we can do um, to have an impact uh, on, our, on our city, on our community? Yeah, oh man, thank you. You're just giving all kind of softballs. Um, well, I think first of all, we need to really pray for reconciliation in our community. And the reason why I say that is an uh, old mentor of mine he was younger than you, but who uh, isn't? Uh, 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 oh Lord, help me! Um, he said, "I'm Carlton. I'm I'm tallest when I'm on my knees," and I was like, "Why?" He said, "Because when I'm on my knees, I can reach heaven. There are some things that God can do that we can never even imagine. So we need to call upon His name, and I'm really praying for racial reconciliation in Tyler. Now, by the way." Uh, in all of East Texas. By the way, 
there were over 300 churches asked today to talk about racial issues. Now, I don't know how many of them are doing it, but, but just think about it. If 10 of them are talking about it, if 20 of them are talking about it, Lord knows if there's 100 of them talking about it. That is awesome. I'm trying to address this ugliness in our community. So first, prayer. The second thing is, I think, we need to act. So all of us have friends and people, even our, in our own family, who, who, who uh, perpetuate the ugliness of racial issues. Uh, maybe even they use the N-word. Or maybe, maybe it's not the N-word. Maybe, maybe they're doing something you know that they should not be doing that causes harm to brothers and sisters. It, it, it's what they say. It's what they think. And we need to challenge those things. If God has given you a platform to do right by people, do right by people. Whether that's hiring people who may not have a second chance, you have an opportunity to do that within your wheelhouse. Or, or, or maybe it is to stand up at a school, at your kid's school, where you see a kid that, 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 that has promise or potential but don't have the right backing. I mean, there's all kind of things. So we need to pray, we need to act. And then the other thing is, um, I think we need to encourage others to do the same. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I was thinking uh, that first thing that you Oh, were, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Got another get one? A part, get, be a part of a, a racial reconciliation group. Go through something. There is, there is a, we have a curriculum that's absolutely free. I believe this church has a copy of it. If not, we'll get them a copy of it. Um, Y'all should launch a group, and people who want to learn more about how to become more of a, a, a biblical community, how to deal with racial issues from a biblical standpoint, uh, you should be a part of that group. Um, we have a curriculum for you to be able to do what, that. Uh, tell me again the name of it. It's called Undivided. 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 It's and written it's by a, J.D. It's a, Greer. It's, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, it's written by uh, J.D. Greer. Some of you guys are familiar with J.D. Greer and uh, a guy named Dehati Lewis who's a pastor um, in Atlanta as well as a graduate of Dallas Seminary, Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. He just got his doctorate. And uh, actually, he'll be here next week. In, in he's um he's speaking at Grace. Isn't he? I didn't want to say that. But your congregation gonna be gone. I don't. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't Is he gonna speak it on Sunday? Sunday he morning. Speaking on oh, Sunday okay. Morning. Okay. Yeah. I knew that he was coming. I, I, that's yeah. I was. Yeah. Said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any of y'all that want to go see that, y'all welcome to do that. I, see, this is why I love this man. This, this, is, my, this is my guy right here. So uh, uh, one thing that that you were saying about uh, about prayer. Um, is that, um, you know, in Hebrews it says that Abraham left his home country and he was looking for a city not made with hands. Mm. And that city was, was, God is the architect and the builder. And that's what this city is. Mm. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And so it's not something that we can all get together. I was, I was watching a documentary on Woodstock uh, last mm. night. And uh, I just remembering the... Uh, uh, the idealism and, uh, uh, you know, just the enthusiasm of that age. And there were some people that showed up and they said, we believe we can just get people together, hmm. that there'll be peace and love and all of that. And I thought, there is absolutely no way that that's going to work. Mm -hmm. People cannot do that. And they did get them together. And it did not, it, it had an effect for two or three days on some people, but it has no lo long-term lasting effect because God is the one that has to build this. Sure. We have our part to play, but I believe that God is in this. Mm -hmm. Just like the, um, the temple, when the temple was built in Jerusalem, I mean, they, made, they cut all of the stones in the quarry sure. so that there was no sound of a, of a tool 
where the temple was being built. And that was because it was reverent. It was because it was holy. That was because they recognized that this is God's house. This is not something that we're doing. It's not something that we have our role to play. But just to realize that we're partnering with God and he is going to accomplish this. I really do believe that. And I think we're living in a time when we cannot hide, our, hide out. We can't, you know, turn our eyes away from it. We have got to be involved with what God is doing in this issue because this is not an issue that's going to go away. But the other side of it is it's not just an issue. It's an opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's like God sees what's going on. and He says, that looks really bad. I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And what he builds, the city of God that he builds, is for all nations, all tribes, all tongues, all people to work, work together. So if we don't do it on this side of the grave, we're going to be doing it on the other side of the grave. So we might as well be involved in it here, right? Yes, sir. So, all right. Um, we want to pray for you. Mm. And uh, so just tell us um, what uh, you, uh, your family, uh, what you need. David, you can come and um, get ready. Um, I think uh, I'd, I'd love for the church to not only pray today, but continue to pray for wisdom and discernment. I heard a brother of mine say, when you get wisdom, you get it all. So just wisdom and discernment and making decisions in, uh, at home as well as at work. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot at stake because um, you're talking about eternal destinies of people. Uh, and so I'm in a seat I've never been in before, quite honestly. Uh, and, and so I'm just praying for wisdom and discernment, uh, the wisdom of Solomon. Um, see that I don't neglect my family in the midst of trying to do work and that in the midst of everything that God will give me a passion a thirst a hunger to sit at his feet and to Amen. seek his face and not just his hand Amen. Amen. so that would be the things I'm praying for Amen. let's stand together and we're going to pray for Carlton if you would just kind of extend your hand here as a sign that we are reaching out to bless and uh, impart um, unto this man of God um, the grace and the virtue that God has for him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brother Carlton. I thank you, Lord, for the heart that you put within him, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that the way you formed him in the quarry, Lord, uh, is unique for the, for the part that he is to play uh, in this building, Lord, in the city of God. And uh, I thank you, Lord, that you've given him passions, Lord, that the world can't satisfy. Um, I pray for him right now, Lord. First, I pray for his family. I pray for provision, Lord. I pray for protection, Lord. Uh, I pray that as they make this transition, Lord Jesus, that they would find themselves truly at home in the purposes of God. I pray for Carlton, Lord, that you would help him as a man who is so driven and so passionate about what he does to be able to strike the balance, Lord Jesus, between being a husband and father and being a director of, of a big ministry, Lord. Um, help him, Lord Jesus, to, uh, uh, to learn, Lord, how to uh, bring the best to both of those without neglecting uh, either one of them. I feel moved right now, Lord, to pray for him, uh, that you would add to him, Lord, men and women that are like-minded. And by that, I mean not just people that have the same vision that he has, but love the Lord in the same way and want to serve the Lord in the same way. And that, and that would be the connection that they would have to help um, and to, uh, to influence um, this, uh, this great work that you've given Carlton um, to do. And I thank you for the voice that you've given him, Lord, a voice uh, that some people don't want to hear.
um, but Lord, that you've given him such a winsome way of, of presenting it, uh, and such a um, such a friendly uh, in such a friendly package, Lord, uh, that he opens doors, Lord. And I pray that he would always be able to do that. Be a man who opens doors. Be a man who opens hearts, and uh, a man that you can use mightily, Lord, in your kingdom. And we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. together here today lord thank you for your spirit thank you lord that you don't just uh, show up lord but should you direct our hearts that you speak to us in ways lord jesus that no man could do uh, i pray lord that you would make tcf a force uh, in this community lord uh, to be reckoned with uh, make us lord a people who are outward focused not just inwardly focused and Lord, uh, even though we may be small in comparison, Lord, to other expressions of the body, uh, of your body here in Tyler, I pray that we would have a really strong ministry and a yes. unifying voice uh, in this community, Lord, reaching across denominational and doctrinal barriers, Lord Jesus, reaching across racial uh, lines, Lord Jesus, um, to bind the body together, to bring the body together. Give us more love, Lord, for each, each other and for um, this community. And help us, Lord, to be uh, a godly influence here. And we do lift up the, um, the, uh, uh, the event, the City Fest events that are coming up, Lord. Um, I just pray that it would be successful, Lord. We pray for souls. We pray, Lord Jesus, that people would be brought to Christ. We pray right now, Lord Jesus, that your people uh, would be contagious in their love for you uh, and would be bold, Lord Jesus, in inviting their friends and neighbors and people that they work with uh, to come and hear the, uh, the word proclaimed, Lord, to come and be a part of what you're doing, Lord. And I just pray that it would be an overwhelming success as everything has been so far um, in this campaign, Lord Jesus. And we look forward to it, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>